0: This is the I Read Comic Books podcast. I'm your host this week, Brian Murray, filling in for Mike Rappin. Joining me are two fantastic human beings, Nick White. Hey. And Kate Scotchless. Hello. Fantastic to have you guys on. Good to talk to you again. And I guess let's launch right in. I'll ask you guys the question that Mike would normally ask you every week How have you been? How have comic books been? Nick, looks like you have a lot to say. Let's start with you. <laughs> um, things have been good. Uh, and
1: by good, I mean learning what it means to survive without a working water heater, which is what I got to do earlier this week. It's it's not as much of a struggle as just not having water at all. But um, when you have to take cold, cold showers, you... Um, Well, look, look, I I don't care what happens when you Google, like, are cold showers good or healthy for you? And it lists all these things about your metabolism and all of that. Like, it's not worth it.
0: Imagine you've gotten very efficient in the shower.
1: (laughs) I I wish. I'm still slow as ever. It's just just miserable. (laughs) Like, oh, you know, fixes your metabolism and all that. Like, if I cared about any of that stuff, I wouldn't be going to Taco Bell, too. And I'm doing that. So whatever. (laughs) So I've been doing that. I've been um, basically blocking the Steam summer sale from any and all devices I own, and uh, I've been having a lot of fun with a Twitter account that basically its only function is to provide like titles of like Wikipedia articles and other things like that that are singable to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song, you know, namely the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it's just basically wait all how does it go, Nick? Oh, oh, you mean Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. So it's just all postings of like Wikipedia topics that can be sung to that same um, you know melody. So um, I'm having way too much fun with that. Fascinating. Uh, as you, as everyone can tell, I'm living it up for real. Uh, beyond that, in terms of what I've read, I did recently read Cy Lords number one. Uh, that was written by Fred Van Lenti. Art by Renato Guedes. Uh, letters by Dave Sharp. Um, probably some of you have recognized that a few weeks back this was my pick of the week, as I saw it as kind of a potential return to form for Valiant, and also sort of a sign that maybe Valiant was comfortable working with creators that were really synonymous with the with the um, pre DMG takeover, uh, and that they were okay with kind of uh, taking a chance on you know, reminding people of, quote-unquote, the good old days, at least for some of us. So I appreciated that. For those who kind of want to know what this book is about, um, we start with four humans, or at least they, they seem to be humans, who appear to be in what can only be best described as a space jail, uh, each one in solitary confinement, and they're uh, telepathically communicating with someone called Scion. Uh, one of them asks Sion why they're there, and Sion says, they haven't imprisoned you for what you've done, but for who you are. And he promises to break them out. Um, during said breakout, he refers to them by these names. One of them is called Tank. One is Beacon, one is Hazard, and one is Artisan. Uh, much like the names imply, Tank seems to have some sort of like strength powers. Beacon has like light-based powers. Uh, Artisan basically appears to be a Green Lantern who can do hard light constructs In Hazard. I don't really understand. Maybe some cloaking abilities and, like, energy knives. It's not well-defined, and I think as a comic book reader who has read enough superhero comics that you get kind of sick of, like, Oh, my name is Superstar, and I have laser powers, but only between the hours of 12 and 4. This is something I have learned. Uh, It's nice to have things that maybe aren't as clearly defined or a little bit nebulous. Um... And and not have those painfully, like, artificial uh, conversations that we have in in, um, superhero comics where it's basically a game of show-and-tell of, like, what can you do? What can you do? So, it's... Yeah,
0: the expository meet-cute
1: sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's nice to just, like, not have that conversation because people just wouldn't naturally have that conversation, I I would say. Yeah. so yeah, it's it's it, it should be interesting. We know that these characters have been marked with the sigils of the Psy Lords, but who are the Psy Lords If they're not these four characters, uh, what's their importance to these people? What landed all of them in this place? All these questions are to be answered. Um, who Psy
0: Lords The Psy Lords, I mean. right?
1: Yeah. Who- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think that really should be the slogan. If 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 that's not on on the second issues cover, I uh you know uh opportunity missed um the Psylords had a 10 issue run during the 90s run of Valiant Uh, they weren't around for that long and they were in the 4001 AD universe um of Valiant and they were a modern incarnation of the hardcore but Fred Van Lent has basically said like he's not um you know he's not in any way obligated to like adhere to that completely um It's also a really good progression of Renato Guede's art. Uh, He's been a real uh, rising star for Valiant. He worked on the Shadow Man reboot, and he worked on Harbinger Wars 2. He worked on Bloodshot Salvation. That was all last year. Like, this guy's huge. And I feel like his painterly style has actually improved. It used to be a little bit muddy and blurry. I feel like it's getting more clear. I feel like he's, um, you know, it's still very painterly. It doesn't feel totally like sequential art, but he's, being more careful in like the the poses and the um, you know placing of characters, that I think it at least lends a better idea of what's going on. So yeah, that's uh that's that's pretty much what what I've been reading. I mean, I read some Terminator where, good lord, like Terminator secondary objectives. If you want to talk about a Terminator book where like someone's takeaway from Terminator was like people stoically posing while like nude like they were like oh that's the part of terminator i want like uh this book definitely gets into that but it's dark horse so it's them attempting to obscure nudity with everything from wires to cords to shadows to sure, to sure. lightning to machines to seaweed i'm not making this up it's anything and everything <laughs> it's a it's a goofy book so that's uh yeah that's me Very
2: cool. What about you, Kate? I have not been sleeping well. And so to remedy that, I went with Xander to go see Dark Phoenix. And I did take an expensive nap in the theater on accident, which is, I think, the most searing indictment you can have of a superhero movie, that it was so not stimulating that I fell asleep about halfway through. Um other than that, I have just fin- wrapped up watching all of Orphan Black, and so I hopped into the Orphan Black comics, which pick up, um, I was hoping where the show left off, but I, so far I've only read one issue, and um, it's actually following the events of the first episode of the show, of se- like first episode season one but adds in some flashbacks to Sarah's childhood, the main character's childhood, so that it's kind of giving you more context for these things that we've already seen, which is an interesting idea. It was not what I was expecting or going for, so I wasn't that into it, but I'll probably keep reading the series. Um, The co-creators of the show, John Fawcett and Graham Manson, have uh, credits on the comics. I don't know... Um, how much of it they did other than like basic story and character concepts and stuff like that. Uh, Jody Hauser actually has the writing credit and Simon Kudransky is on art. So this is IDW from circa 2015 when the show ended. Um, and I'd say if you are a media tie-in person, which I I am to to an extent. You will like these. It's quality on par with Firefly comics. At least this first one that I read, it is a little bit better quality than the X Files comics, in my opinion. I'm not a fan at all of the art in those books. I just read them for the story. And then it is significantly higher quality than the Charmed uh, media tie-in comics. Oh, god! Those are hilarious. Um, And so this is makes
0: sense because Charmed is also you know kind of hilarious. Brian, are you trying to start a fight this early into the show?
2: Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just letting it slide, Nick. At this point, yeah, I'm
0: <laughs> dad's not home. I'm starting. shit. <laughs>
2: uh, OK, let's do this. Let's do this, Brian. Bring it. You no. Know, um, OK, I did some sleuthing and you can read volumes one and two of Orphan Black on Kindle Unlimited. And then the third volume is on Hoopla. And so that's how you read this for free. I mean, you do your free trial of Kindle Unlimited, obviously you'd have to cancel it. And then there was going to be a volume four, but that arc was canceled midway through the singles due to low orders. So I don't know, I would assume that they're not going to actually publish that as a graphic novel form.
0: Charmed is better
2: than Buffy, I guess is all I'm trying to say with this. And, um... (laughs) All
0: right. Well, this has been I Read Comic Books. Thanks, everybody, for coming on. Well, for me, I, uh... I, st- I finally dug into my my star wars tie fighter comics that have been building up um but building up there were two of them that i had to read i've always been a big fan of the spaceship combat stuff in star wars you know i have two copies of each of the uh the x-wing books from the 90s i don't know how or two? when that happened yeah man it was just uh it
2: was a wild time
0: I thought that I'd gotten rid of my copies and then I found a full set of them at Schuler's books in the used book section. Nice. So I dropped like twenty-one bucks to buy them all again and then got home and unpacked my boxes for moving. And there they all were again. So It's the
1: best way to find something, it's
0: proven <laughs> <laughs> It's to buy another copy of it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um so these are Jody Hauser writing again. Nice. So Jody Hauser double feature on this episode, I guess. Uh, art by and I'm I apologize for my pronunciation here. roge Antonio. It's a Por- uh, Brazilian Portuguese name, I think. Uh and Josh Cassara on art. This uh this book features a squadron of elite Thai pilots, insofar as any Thai pilot can be considered elite. Oh, um, sick burn. <laughs> Get out of here, you rebel scum. They're uh, they're teaming up to take on basically uh, an admiral or a general, some muckety muck from the Empire, who went warlord on an outer planet and basically took control of his star destroyer.
1: That's weird because that never happens in Star
0: Wars. I know, right? They're, uh I appreciate this book because it's not pulling any punches. You know, this is kind of a spoiler, but main characters do start to die in the second issue. Which makes sense, because they're TIE pilots, and they're basically flying around space in shoeboxes held together with string. Look,
1: Brian, you can say what you want, but I still stand by the fact that getting in a Y-Wing is the closest thing to signing a death (laughs) certificate. (laughs) It's, uh,
0: yeah, it's just slower, basically.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, this book is definitely popular because it wasn't on my pull, because that's how, as uh, listeners know, sometimes I basically try to play mental gymnastics with myself and say, oh, I'm not reading that book. My poll is small. I just pick it up if it's there when I go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, which was a problem because I went to Vault and I was going through all their Star Wars stuff. And then I looked in T for TIE Fighter i was like yo where the heck is tie fighter they're like um where have you been that book is really really popular and it's selling super well and we don't have any uh any more issues of it and i was like oh so but i'm uh, this, glad you're this enjoying book is it
0: actually hey, yeah th- this book ties into a novel that's out now
2: yeah called
0: alphabet squadron i looked at it's that at Yeah, I thought it wasn't going to come out until like August the earliest. And then earlier this month, I was on Google or something or Twitter and saw somebody talking about reading it. And yeah, it turns out it's already out. So it's on hold on the uh, the library's audiobook app for me. Because I can't actually read a print book anymore. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I mean,
1: I'm just happy to have... A comic book that is Star Wars but does not have a Skywalker or a lightsaber to be found unless of course I um such happens in issues two or three
0: no we're so far we are still you know 100% fewer Skywalkers okay Uh, (laughs) well we do still have two issues left in the miniseries so we'll see it's you know you never can rule them out entirely but
1: do we have, um, you know, Y wings getting blown up like fish in a barrel, or?
0: No, it's actually it was a uh, tie fighter on tie fighter combat.
1: Oh, okay,
0: okay. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the room of Willy Wonka with just the big spinning fan at the top. It's like if you unleashed a flock of doves into that thing. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm game. I'm game. It it might be when it goes to trade or. Or comixology on sale, but uh yeah, I'm I'm on board for this.
2: Brian, do you find that Jody Hauser does a good job on dialogue making it fit, like feel accurate in those books? I think so. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing that stuck out to me in the um Orphan Black comics that really worked well was where some of the art didn't feel quite right to me, the the cadence and speech patterns Of the characters especially ones with accents fit perfectly it was like exactly like show dialogue which is i think a difficult thing for a lot of writers that get tasked with these type of media tie-in books
0: for sure and
2: i don't know if that's just because she does a lot of them or she gets a lot of them because she's good at that but i really appreciate it
1: i mean she certainly gets a lot of them
0: that yeah (laughs) yeah there's no debating that good lord yeah
2: yeah she's busy
0: all right, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our comic picks for next week. Comics come out this week on Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. And let's start with you, Kate. What are you picking up?
2: I'm looking for Coda Volume 1, which collects issues 1 through 4 of the series from Boom. Uh, it's written by Cy Spurrier with art and colors by Matthias Bergara. Do we think I'm saying this correctly? That sounds right. It, it feels right. It feels right in my heart. Please correct us on Twitter, people. Um, I say us because this is your mistake too, Brian and Nick. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're hosting <laughs> you, so we're
0: responsible for you.
2: Perfect. Um, so I have not read the single issues. This is one, I Cy Spurrier, I just always trade weight because I've yet to read a Cy Spurrier book that didn't read better in trade. Um, and it's pitched as being a Mad Max slash Lord of the Ring-esque uh, Broken Fantasy World which sounds right up my alley and there's been like an apocalypse which wiped out nearly all of magic from a once like very fantastical world and so this former bard is wandering around looking for a way to save the soul of his wife and he's accompanied by this mutant unicorn which is a delight if you read the preview pages um but he gets drawn into this power struggle for the rule of the wasteland, which of course you would, because what what bard doesn't get drawn into a power struggle for a world, right? So I think this is going to be great. It has beautiful, bright, trippy art. size Spurrier, which I think you either like or don't like his writing, and I fall squarely into the light, into really enjoying his writing camp. I think he does an amazing job with world building, which this is obviously going to tap right into that strength. Um, so I think it'll be great. I was very excited when I saw it was only $15 from Boom and then realized that's because it's only four issues, which is a bummer. I wish everyone did $10 volume ones like Image does.
1: I wish Image would stick to their $9.99 like Image used to, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, wait, do they have number ones that aren't $10 now? Oh, yeah, and I, I don't uh, know really what the rules are. I haven't are, gotten those. If,
1: if I had to guess, it looks like the... <sighs> The works that tend to come from, like, really higher profile creators, or obviously if the trade yeah. tends to be a little bit bigger than four or five issues, that seems to be what's leaning it towards what I've seen as, like, 12 and 15, yeah. even, like, $17 price points. Um See,
2: I see those when I'm picking up volumes past volume one for image books all the time, but I haven't gotten oh, that course. for a volume one.
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Once they hook you, they're like, "Give me seventeen dollars," and I'm like, "Son of a bitch!"
1: <laughs> right. I think they've forgotten how the whole like you know drug dealing model works. Right. But, exactly.
2: Uh, exactly. First hits free. People come and get your wickdiv. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At first, I, I thought a, you uh, said, "Come
0: and get your Whippets. So I was like, "Whoa!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> this has been the I read comic podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: I I had a moment reading your your notes about this, Kate, mm-hmm. where for a second I thought that his wife was a foul-tempered mutant unicorn even better and yeah and this book really can't do anything but disappoint me now I know <laughs> that's not the case
2: like we don't know what his wife is they don't say in the description so you know we don't know
0: yeah i mean another missed opportunity
2: right the preview pages have him interacting with a dragon that because it's immortal even though its body has like completely decomposed and it's mostly just like a skeleton with bits of decaying flesh hanging off of it but primarily just a skeleton and he's like spelunking inside its rib cage and it's yelling at him because it's immortal so it doesn't die and it's like
0: Gross! I dig it.
2: Right? It's like get out <laughs> of there! You're tickling! Come back here! I'm gonna! I'll! I'll burn you alive!
0: <laughs> awesome! What about you, Nick?
1: Well, for me, it's gonna have to be Black Hammer: Age of Doom, number eleven. Um, that's Jeff Lemire writing, Dean Ormston pencils, Dave Stewart colors, Todd Klein letters. The preview solicit says that quote: Lucy comes face to face with someone she would never expect, as the only solution to the ongoing fight against Anti God. cough, dark side, uh, is revealed, and, um, I gotta hand it to whoever wrote this solicit, it's pretty airtight as far as spoilers go, and I can't certainly say that of all of them, I've certainly read solicits in previews where it's like, well, after last month, where so-and-so killed so-and-so, as you all know, um, yeah, this was pretty airtight, and um, you know, thank goodness I'm here to go ahead and clumsily fumble through um, the minefield of potentially not revealing things. Uh, just kidding, I'm gonna be real careful. Um, I guess the best way of tiptoeing around this is that. We're still recovering from the reveal regarding the farm not being quite what people thought it was Which is something we covered almost from the very beginning of black hammer calm down people If you've read like issue one, you know that things are a little bit weird and odd on the farm so After the reveal at the end of arc 2, we're still kind of recovering from the interesting little plot line that Jeff Lemire injected Following that, all I can say is it's a lot of fun. He's playing around with some interesting tropes from comics that we've seen for uh, different story arcs. And basically, if this sounds like a whole lot of wor- word salad, um, it's just me desperately trying to not ruin a book that I guess a lot of people really enjoy. So um, you're welcome, I suppose.
0: <laughs>
1: what about you, uh, Brian?
0: yeah uh well we've got giant days number 52 coming out this week so i'm officially back on my bullshit (laughs) um it's been a while since i've seen one of these um i don't know if they were on a, a planned hiatus or something happened to just delay the release um but the last issue ended with a real emotional gut punch um again i'm gonna try not to spoil anything but it's going to be very interesting to see the way that the characters sort of cope with everything that happened, you know, who's going to be hurt and who's going to be comfort, so to speak. Uh it's a fan fiction joke there. Somebody laughed. Somebody got it. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, you know, I I I've been reading that book since the jump and it's gonna be wrapping up. I think this fall is the planned end. So
2: of Giant Days? Yeah. I didn't know they were ending that series. Boo.
0: yeah, it's a it's a real heartbreaker, but it is one of those things where if they have an ending planned, I'm glad they get to do it right. instead of trying to drag the corpse of their once good book through the streets.
2: Yes, that's extremely true and a very good point. Do you have a an eye on a new true love to fill the hole in your heart? No. <laughs> okay, please send your recommendations for Brian to ircb at.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've asked, I guess I've got the, the Life is Strange comics that have been coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, those, those been are good? I've really been enjoying them. And from what I've been hearing, you can enjoy them even if you have not played the game.
2: Interesting.
0: Um, I think that people who have played the game will definitely get a lot more out of them right. than people who have not. But from what I understand, you can still get a good story without having gone through that.
2: Nice.
0: Uh, and that is on Hoopla, if you want to check out Volume 1.
2: Hmm.
1: Normally, I'd say, gosh, that's, like, so crazy that people would read that without um, knowing the source material. But because I've done that um, Bass-Ackward's approach probably 8, 9, 10, 12 times, like, you I can't would. talk.
2: You would. If someone said one person you know reads media tie-in for media they haven't seen, I'd be like, that's Nick White.
1: No, it absolutely is. Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I was reading Alien before watching Alien, so like, what yep. do you want? Like, I'm not one to talk. I did the exact same thing with Alien. <laughs> I I love Rocketeer. I love Rocketeer comics, and I still haven't even seen the movie. So sue me.
2: Yeah, I think it came from that traumatic event in your childhood where you read the Jurassic Park books.
1: I I think it probably was just my helicopter parents being like, "We won't let you see this movie," but we know that reading is still a vital, important part of child development because we're both elementary school teachers Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. like you can't see Cujo but you can read Cujo I'm kidding like that specific example didn't happen but (laughs) no but
0: I did that (laughs) I read Cujo in 6th grade oof (laughs) I read Jurassic Park in 5th Like there's a reason I am how I am
2: (laughs) oh god I need to read Jurassic Park not the movie novelization but like Actually go back and read the original Jurassic Park books. I That's good. I feel like I really missed out on that. I was real into the Dinotopia books, which is like what normal healthy children I think were reading at that time, Brian. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, I just wanted my own soul-matched dinosaur is the thing.
1: Then you grow but, up and you realize the world is full of disappointments that uh, include not getting a dinosaur.
2: Not getting a dinosaur, not getting a miniature dog-sized woolly mammoth, which I was promised in uh, Madeline Ingle books. You know, it's been a a long time since I experienced Joy or Wonder. And um, yeah, now I just fall asleep during Marvel movies. But the thing is, is I was at the bookstore the other day and I saw the novelization of The Killing Joke and not of the comic but it's a, there's a comic that a movie was based on, and then they did a novelization of that movie, and it was stocked of the animation. Because apparent, apparently, people buy it. I don't. Uh, yeah, it must be right, but it's not of the comic. It's very specifically of that, and they have the same thing for Suicide Squad, which like makes it slightly more sense because it's its own. Storyline, I think. I don't really know anything about the Suicide Squad movie. It's
1: not based on an original right. yeah, singular right. book, correct?
2: Yeah. So if if you want, you can go buy the novelization of the movie of The Killing Joke. <laughs> I
0: Boy, felt like that's the, crazy. I felt that like a cold hand around my heart.
2: Right? And it was like a necrotic hand.
1: <laughs> Boy, that's weird. Okay. All right. Listeners out there, if you've happened to read the novelization based on the animated film based on the graphic novel, please let us know.
0: Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. (laughs) So we are here today to do our Goodreads Book of the Month discussion. Before we dig into that, it's a little bit of housekeeping I want to get to. Uh, we are going to be off for four weeks for the month of July. and That does not mean you're not going to get episodes. You're still going to get mini-sodes, stuff like that. But there's not going to be regular episodes releasing. Coming in August though, we do have a live show that we're going to do. And if you want to be involved with that. You'll need to sign up on our Patreon. That's how you get access to our Discord, and Discord is where the live show is happening. If you've been waiting, if you've been teetering on the edge of hopping on that Patreon, let this be the shove that sends you rolling down that hill.
2: It's it's not much of a, a hill. I think the lowest level is a dollar, isn't it?
1: I don't know if an analogy where people are getting pushed off of precipices is something they're going to buy in on, <laughs> but I mean, uh, okay.
2: Quick, ring up the this marketing is where manager. I'm at. That's- that's just who I
1: am. People, it's it's just a hill. Brian's not saying it's K2, okay? Like, you know. <laughs> It's a
2: black it's a, diamond.
0: <laughs> when you were a kid, didn't you ever just roll down a hill for the fun of it?
2: Yeah, Think of it like that's that. what sand dunes are for.
0: Maybe that's a Midwest thing.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I definitely <laughs> did that thing. It's how you find the rocks in your yard. <laughs>
1: They only do it in flyover states, Brian.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's probably true.
1: Hill rolling is for is is for
0: flyover states. Oh <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, okay.
0: So this month for our Goodreads book of the month, we read Captain America Volume One, subtitle Winter in America. So this is from writer Tanahisi Coates with Lionel Francis U on illustrations. And this is your full spoiler warning. We're going to be discussing everything that happens in this book. So if you haven't read it and you're trying to make up your mind, you want to go into it blind, you're going to want to stop the episode right now and come back once you've read it.
2: I don't know that I could give you an actual summary of this book without looking at the back to like have someone else help me summarize it. Just because I came into this book... um, without having read any other Captain books except for one that was from 2008. and It was just like a rando that I picked up at the library. So I was missing so much context of who villains were. And this is coming out of all the fallout of, was it Secret Empire?
0: Yeah, it was Secret Empire. Secret Empire, Empire. yeah. With Hydra Cap.
2: Right. So there's so much context there that I was lost for mm, at least a third of this book. How did you guys do?
0: Yeah, no, I was definitely right there with you. I think that billing this as a as a volume number one such is a sort marvel. of false advertising. Yeah,
2: such a Marvel thing to do.
0: I was okay because I had some context just from being in the comics world, right. from being on Twitter and, you know, hearing about HydroCap and knowing what happened there. We talked about it last week. Yep. Um, but I, I, I can't imagine if somebody was going into the comic shop to to pick up a comic for their kid, and they see, oh, Captain America. They like Mm -hmm. those movies. Let's buy them Captain America Volume 1. And then they take this home, and that poor kid is going to have no clue what's going
2: on. Well, we were those poor kids. I mean, we purposely, in the Goodreads group, only allow books that are Volume 1s or that we've already read all the previous volumes for. So, you know, if we've already read Volume 1 as a group, then we can read Volume 2. So... That that rule is so that we don't end up with going in and being confused like this. And so I think Marvel has done this to me before, where I went in thinking that I didn't need a lot of context. And I don't just mean knowing, like, the Easter eggs. I mean, like, you're not following the plot. Things are not making sense if you don't have this extra context. The other thing is, like, usually Marvel will do that, but then give you, like, a full page of backstory, written in so that they're like here's what you missed here's the wikipedia article so you don't have to go look it up and they didn't do that for us this time which is curious to me
0: yeah what'd you think nick did you have a hard time getting into this book or yeah i mean
1: for for someone who like barely reads any marvel and when i do read marvel it it seems to always be like moon Knight like yeah this was i didn't and don't ask me why it's always moon Knight. um oh this that was tracks like, though like I, yeah. don't, I couldn't tell you why but that feels right <laughs> it's like like all of the people i love like jeff lemire and i think warren ellis did and i know brian wood all wrote you know moon Knight, and and so i've you know i've done that but like beyond that my my marvel experiences are are very very limited um Yeah, like, rolling this book out of Secret Empire, which, of course, like, not even approaching all of the controversies and confusion and just approaching it from just being this very, um, you know, messy event that I think uh, confused and upset a lot of readers. Like, trying to bring on new readers with that, like, looming uh, in the background was super 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 weird but i think probably the thing that i just want to talk about and i I mean i guess there's maybe no better place than now just while we're kicking off this book that i think really really upset me is where is the colorist attribution in this book
2: yeah that's weird i was like does that mean that the artist colored it or does that just mean that they had some person not get credited
1: See, that's what you would think, right? Yeah. But when that happens, normally when that happens, and I'm sure you know this, I I, I know a lot of our listeners know this, you get a credit usually of artist instead of penciler. If huh. you're doing your own inks, if you're doing your own colors, you get artist, maybe you get illustrator. But you get a credit of, as penciler, and then below that you have uh, Jerry Alan Guilin with Len, Lionel Francis mm-hmm. You inking so he's self-inking and then he has someone else helping him and then they have the letterers listed there's no colorist attribution now you can go down to cover art and you can see that you worked with sunny go on the cover and if you want to go over to comic book db or if you want to go over to fucking Mm marvel.com apparently there they have no problem listing sunny go as the
0: colorist but that's entirely too much work for somebody to do. Like, Go should get credit for
1: yeah. the work.
0: It's it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can say
1: Nick if you if you flip it onto the back of the cover, there his na- there's his name in very small print listed with everyone else at the but bottom. It, but it's so, not an attribution. So
2: much of making colors are as much of part of making the comic as the pencils.
0: Yeah. Oh, we had to sacrifice something to get Coates' name up there in five times the size oh, right. print as the other ones.
2: So I really like um, his writing. I've read some of his novels and really enjoyed them. I like am on, on board with his message. But for me, reading this comic was very much still reading um, a comic that is actually being written by a prose writer who hasn't adjusted to the medium yet. And that's kind of surprising because I think he's ri- written quite a lot of Black Panther comics at this point. Um, hasn't he? Didn't he do several volumes? I know I've read at least two volumes that he's written. And so uh, it, yeah. he's, it, he's
1: been writing comics since uh, 2016.
2: Yeah. yeah, maybe this is just his forever comic style, but it, it feels like someone who's used to not utilizing the art in a book to tell the story. That is used to using exclusively words and so I think that's many exactly words. Right. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's. My, I think I have the exact same thing in my notes. I know this issue has
1: come to a head a lot. Yeah, I think in recent shows and and it should. But like, I'm sick of comic book writers getting a real elevated sense of billing on a book. hmm Um, and I, I'm not even talking about you know Tanahisi yet. Not even talking about, um, other celebrity prose authors or people like J.J. Abrams. We don't know how that's going to go out, play out yet, but I think he obviously falls into that same celebrity author category. Um, But you have these people and when they roll in on a book they get their name in a massively bigger font Mm -hmm. or it's on its own row while the rest of the staff gets, all gets crammed onto the row beneath or something like that.
2: Right. Because they're the selling point.
1: And like, I understand the logic here. They're thinking... Um, whether it's Tanahisi nehisi Coates um, with uh, his fan base that they're hoping he's going to bring to this book, or whether it's when DC had, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but sci-fi author China Melville um, helming Dial H for them. Of course, the, the idea is, well, we want to bring that fan base in. We right. want to make sure that when they go into the shop, they're like, oh, I really want to read his comic book work. We're going to make it as big and stand out and as clear for you that you're buying the right book sure yeah that's that's fine that doesn't mean i love
0: that it's a valid marketing strategy but it's frustrating from a perspective of wanting to see all the artists get the credit they deserve
2: right and of the underlying I'm attribution using artists in the broadest yeah, sense there. that it, it uh ins- insinuates that they have more um that the comic is more theirs than the other creators, which I I don't think is true. You need all of the pieces working together. That's kind of the point well, of comics, and, and, right? And I
1: don't want to make a blanket statement here, but especially then when you have these people coming in that are unfamiliar with comics. Oh, yeah. They they tend to be doing even less work Mm -hmm. than i would say the normal person and the and and all of the other staffers from the editors to the pencilers they're having to work even more hard to get so and so up to pace with what they're needing to do
2: with you anyway yeah with you in this book um certain panels or certain pages i should say had so many text boxes and text bubbles speech bubbles that the, I was just thinking about, like, how would you draw these panels to still show action and still be visually engaging and also fit all those in? That was a real challenge. He had to really Tetris those in to make it.
1: Well, I mean, or, or I, I think more so it would be a question of the, the, the letterer being able to find um, placement that isn't, you know, obstructing too much. Don't yeah. they
2: sort of work together? I thought that the artist very purposefully um, left space in their art a lot of times when it's like this because there are some I mean, very crowded i, I, I pages think it's collaborative i think
1: sometimes even the writer will try to instruct okay. the penciler on like where to try to leave space yeah 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 so, um but anyway those are just my out of the gate issues with you know not just this book but any of these books where they're right. you know, elevating the writer and and the colorist thing i don't even want to touch on again that just makes me so upset it's marvel you know what his job was it's on marvel.com why is it not in this book yeah it's just so stupid Great. um in terms of the content of this book honestly for me um as kate you know much like you I, i've read some of Coate's essays i've read some of his stuff for the atlantic um some of his his I've read some of his pieces. I've seen him give some speeches, but in terms of his comics, I've really just been isolated to some of his pages and previews or some books that I've flipped through. And I I will say, I feel like his show don't tell isn't as bad as it used to be. I mean, that sort of makes sense. He's been in comics for three years now. You'd at least like to see some improvement. And I do feel like, Compared with my limited exposure of his past comics, it's not as bad as it used to be. I will... I think... Go ahead, Kate.
2: I will say, compared to the very first volume he did of Black Panther, which I think was his first comic, it was significant... That comic could have had no art, and his writing would have been the same. And (laughs) this one definitely at least had points where it was was, um, leaning on the art to at least tell a part of the story. You know what I mean? So... That's that's always how I I think of it. I think one of the things
1: he did really well, at least, was that a lot of the Captain America monologuing was happening during a bunch of the fight scenes. Mm -hmm. And so you weren't getting a play-by-play of, oh, I've got to kick him in the head now, or, oh, I'm going to punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't getting a play-by-play telegraphed, um, you know, discussion of the actual fight. He was at least showing one thing and telling something else at the same time, which I appreciate. And maybe this just
0: speaks to how I consume comic books, but I actually found that to be incredibly jarring. Because okay. <laughs> my my eyes really wanted to follow the action right, across the page. And so there were there were multiple occasions where I would get to the bottom of a page and then realize that there's, you know, several paragraphs of text that I didn't read. <laughs> yep. Because You know, silly me, I thought this was a comic
1: book. Well, and in fairness... Don't don't hit me with the tall vertical panels where you have me reading captions at the very top of some and then you bump those things all the way to the bottom of the next panel.
2: In fairness, a lot of, at least in the superhero books I've read, the monologuing superhero... The like brooding one, like Batman books do this, like Snyder's had Batman do this for sure, and so is King. The monologuing during a fight, like the, um, oh, what do we call those caption boxes? Um, that is pretty, that's not just this book. That happens a fair amount.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess thinking about it now, we probably should at least try to briefly attempt. Mm-hmm. to get at what this book oh, is Oh yeah. About. What's the
2: summary? Nick, it sounds like so, you followed it. I mean, the best. I guess.
1: <laughs> I mean, let let me I'll try because being someone who knows next to shit about this, like if I can't <laughs> properly encapsulate this, then I think that captures the core problem of this right. book. Um so there's an event called Secret Empire. Uh, Captain America um some bad guys use the Cosmic Cube cap turned out to be evil and then they f- fought him off and good cap re- returned and now there are major trust issues between America and cap major trust issues between uh, cap and 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 and, and himself. Um, every, everybody's got trust issues. everyone's looking over their shoulder. no one really seems to have anyone's back. That's this book. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it's, it's basically this version of Captain America trying to live in a world that had a cap that was evil, basically. What happened to that cap, Brian? The cap that was evil? Yeah. I have no like, fucking clue. <laughs> it sounds like there, there was one throwaway line about like, how do we know which one is locked up and which one is out here fighting crime? So it sounds like Bad Cap is under lock and key somewhere.
2: Oh my. Okay. Uh, wait.
0: No. No doubt. To to. Well, break there was definitely some people, and it sounded
1: like they were deliberately pushing out propaganda about the idea that you know exactly which which. How do we know this still isn't the same Cap? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that I think there's a lot to read into this book about the power of co-opting and remaking imagery for your own means. How do you fight someone that has basically weaponized your own likeness against you?
2: I mean, it's almost um, like we had this exact storyline from uh, Spider-Woman. Do you remember that? When Spider Woman's nope. <laughs> um, likeness got pick- taken over by the Skrulls, they. And then everyone hates Spider Woman and thinks she's this big bad villain because the Skrulls used, like, you know, shape shifted into her. And there's a really good uh, Spider Woman, uh, like. Uh- it's not an OGN because it came out in singles, but it's a very limited series. I think because it got canceled. Okay. It was in one this of those... household,
1: we read Moon Knight. Um... Yeah. No, <laughs> listen, this
2: was one of those motion comics, which tells you when it was published. Yeah,
1: I remember this. I think yeah. this was Spider-Woman, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: Yeah, I think so. And everyone yeah. hates her and like fears her. And it was really well done. And I had no idea what was happening going into it. And I think it's kind of the would be a good example read to contrast to this book in terms of sure. coming in with the events leading into it dramatically affect how this character is interacting with the world and being in, like being received. And yet it does so, uh, it lets you come in as a noob and you still understand what's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, beautiful um, book,
2: highly recommend.
1: I, I, I think this book has some core kernels that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's just that um, some of them aren't fully developed, and mm-hmm. other ones um, are not only not fully developed, but they just continue to be you know, just pounded on. But I, I really like this idea that this book is really about just just the power of optics, the power of how you can make things appear regardless of how they actually are.
2: Absolutely. Which I think, and I not think, not
1: to get quote-unquote political, but... Uh, oh. That's you a pretty have to strong, yeah. Uh, that's a pretty relevant idea. This, yeah, the you know, the power of optics boy, oh boy, is that uh, well in play these days,
2: right? And I think that was an uh, interesting message. And it definitely, like, if you had told me it's a Captain America book about that, I, I would be very on board. I think what would have been, um, an interest, a more interesting route to go with it is instead of telling us so much about there's a lot of narration about how people see things and how the optics are used you're just telling what if you use the art in the book to kind of do the stuff you're saying right there is very little utilization of actually using the art to demonstrate the power of imagery um it was but at least for me, the art in this book is on the level that I didn't notice it one way or the other, good or bad. So it didn't like stand out as really hindering the story, but I definitely didn't feel like it was a big asset to it. And I think a lot of that is just because it's overwhelmed by all the words that gets really the the visuals get very cluttered with all the text. Um,
1: yeah. No, I mean, I agree. There's There's sort of a real active engagement in having to navigate from one text caption box to the Mm -hmm. next and your brain just becomes so fixated on that act that it's just hard to no pun intended look at the big picture that's
2: right there (laughs) well and Um, it's also just that big beefy boys art style that goes with superhero comics sometimes that is just not my thing if you want just a whole bunch of really swole men this book yeah. is for you. <laughs> if, if you <laughs> want,
0: if you want beef boys, Captain America has you covered on Beef <laughs> right?
2: boys. Right.
0: I I Just think so for many. some people
1: that's gonna like punch their ticket for this mm-hmm. book. That's fine. Um. Yeah. Like
0: who's that. What's what's his name? Nuke. It's the guy who is, I guess, being cloned, or they're making robot versions of him. He or was something. the one in Jessica Jones, wasn't he? He Nick White said having seen season one only.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I did not know this character.
0: But yeah, it was it was one of those things where like this there's just a bunch of this dude and they they show you like the secret Russian lab that is cranking them out, but we have no idea are they if they're clones or if they're like I I thought maybe they were going to they were robots for a minute, but it looks like they are actually just flesh and bone. Oh, thank you Brian. Thank you for
1: getting to take the bullet on which one of the people on this show is is, is a dummy because <laughs> it was going to be you or me and like I struggled with this point to like someone please explain the nuke thing to me am i overthinking this are they clones are they cyborgs are they cloned cyborgs no i don't well, know and, is, and i also mentions at one I, point that they were previously soldiers are they soldiers that were repurposed into the nuke program or were they always nukes to begin with but they then they were soldiers
2: there's a nuke like, program see i didn't follow this at all and i also had that moment where i went i could I could look this up. I have enough keywords being given to me that I could Wikipedia this, and I just did not care enough. And you know, I've been the reading a lot of. You X- shouldn't two- have to. Well, you shouldn't have this to, is- but that was also the level. Um, I think for me, like, I just read a bunch of X twenty three, and so X Men always has characters that I don't recognize, right? And then you your level of like enjoyment of the book it kind of determines how much you feel like Googling, right? Like how much you really want to get into it. And I did not press that gas pedal here. Uh, I was like, well, he's a big, beefy boy. Something bad happened to him. Used to be a goodie, now a baddie. Okay, let's do it.
0: <laughs> I just know that Venture Brothers has a uh, a knockoff version of him. Seriously? Yeah, they have uh, Sergeant Hatred or whatever, but it's still the same thing with like the the big beefy soldier guy with the tattoo on his face. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think about.
2: I thought it was face paint.
0: I think they have the flag tattooed on their face because I think it was there <laughs> in the in the tanks when they were decanting them.
2: Huh. Good times.
0: I mean, I I actually somewhat enjoyed.
1: Lionel use art, I, I think, for being like a high-profile Like them book. beefy boys? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I loved all that came with it, okay? Uh, <laughs> Nick White,
2: here for the big beefy boys.
1: <laughs> I'm here for the big beefy boys, please. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed it, like, for a high-profile book with a high-profile author about a popular character that was only made more popular because of the MCU. Right. It also happens to be a new number one. I think there was a real... I think they could have had a real justification with this book of going with a super house-style artist. Mm -hmm. Like, a very, very safe um, house-style Marvel capes artist. And I think you... Is house style in some regards, but I feel like he's enough of a twist on it. He's enough of his own man, so to speak. Um, There's enough of a flair there um, that separates it from being a lot of that just indistinguishable one artist from another. Um, This is how you, this is how Cap should look, this is how Spider Man should look. I feel like there's enough of him there, that if I were to go and read, uh, come across another one of his books, I would probably be able to identify his work as him. And at least on that level, I appreciate that. I appreciate that Marvel was willing to um, take somewhat of a risk and go with someone that's not exactly uh, super conventional um, with their aesthetic, so,
2: I guess I don't know as much about what defines house art styles. This to me looked extremely safe house art, but I this is coming from someone who is just like, Do I? Do I, I will just send you people? some yeah, very okay. safe
0: ar- house art. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're like,
2: too, image, too image to understand.
0: <laughs> this is definitely a lot sort of rougher and craggier looking than what I think of when I think of a house art style. Okay. Um, almost to its detriment at points. Like, I know there was a point where I was looking at General Ross's face, and I was like, is this man a thousand years old? What is going on with all these lines? Uh, and then I realized that I couldn't see his eyes at all. His eyes were completely blacked out by shadow. And I looked over the rest of the page, and he had no eyes on any panel on that page. And it was... One of those things where I kind of caught myself quoting Quint from Jaws in the back of my head, you know, he's got the lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, maybe that's because I just watched Jaws again. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: I watched a killer whale, like, knockoff of Jaws on Netflix, that it was all, <laughs> he oh, no. tried to, like, redo that line too, it was so bad. It was comically bad.
1: I have to admit, again, I can't preface this enough, but as someone who is woefully ignorant and woefully ignorant doesn't even come close to my knowledge of Marvel Comics, yeah. um, I am here for the goofiness that is Taskmaster. He basically <laughs> looks like Skeletor on
0: HGH. Yeah. Um, showed up, yeah, Showed up out of nowhere, had no lines Got his ass kicked and that was They're gone. like, he's
2: one of the hardest ones ever I'm gonna beat him in two pages Whap whap, now here's the bigger batter baddie This is what it's about Whap whap, now here's the real one And then the book ends with like, but that wasn't The real one, and I'm like, oh my god This is why I don't read capes <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean I love that like Cap is like, oh my god, this guy's the scariest guy. Here's the iron fist style. Here's the Spider Man style and I'm like, you're trying real hard to sell this guy. I get it. That's okay. Like you don't have to it, amidst a book that largely has zero costumed individuals right. in it um, I am up for seeing another idiot in tights yeah. so I welcome this
2: I'm like who originally <laughs> decided that this guy was a skeleton because I appreciate that I
1: love I mean he does make fun of the fact that he's got a stupid mask I'm like uh, I kind of love it uh, Steve shut up
0: <laughs> yeah I think that Taskmaster is one of those characters who works really well in like a cartoon yeah where you can actually see the way he moves changing to line up with the character that he's m-
1: mocking. He looks or like or the guy whatever. that's hiding behind a gravestone in Scooby-Doo to scare exactly. Shaggy. Like, that.
2: which is yeah. really yeah. funny. Like. That they, why did you choose this Scooby-Doo villain for your book? That's all about like Russian propaganda and the fall of democracy.
1: <laughs> I would have taken over the American economy if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> um yeah I, I, honestly i i did like that part where you realize that, oh, you know, here's Cap at the end. He's gonna he's gonna save Sharon and he's gonna beat up Taskmaster and he's gonna reveal the villain for all of her ways. And you realize that basically Cap has more or less been on an episode of Candid Camera, and the whole goal of it was just to simply get him on camera, like validating peace treaties and and, and um, you know, non conflict agreements between countries and everything. And I was yeah. like, that's kind of clever. Like the whole point of all of that was just to get him on camera, like yeah. being a bad boy. I was like, okay, okay, this is interesting. Um, uh, as for like the like the whole Celine character and the Alexa character, like, are these people prominent in Marvel comics? I don't know. Again, there's maybe some Marvel fan out there shouting at me that it's like, oh yeah, I encounter these people in all of my books every week. Except maybe not, because I knew we were fucked the moment they were like, Alexis, like, don't you remember me? You killed my husband. And there's an editor's note. And it's like, yeah, this happened 11 years ago <laughs> right? in Captain America 50-something. Right, and we
2: like, get a note this- about that, but not about the things that are, like, from, like, an arc ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, and not, like, Celine, You know, Celine from this book? Like- mm-hmm. And then fucking Rasputin out of nowhere.
2: (laughs) That made more sense to me than Taskmaster because he's Russian.
0: Well, that's fair. I mean, he was geographically appropriate. (laughs) Right? I feel like the last two issues of
1: this book took a real dive towards, like, do I have to look up everything, and do I understand anything going on in this book?
2: Yeah, I didn't know a lot of the villains' powers, so when they're coming up against them, I'm just like, I'm not super sure what this person is doing. And I appreciated that they explained what Taskmaster's uh, Schmick is, but then for um, like for Celine, was like I never actually figured out what she was doing.
1: She's like murdering people. I get Well, that. well, yeah, uh, I got that part. It seems not limited. But like, what's to her power besides another, having but, yeah. really shiny
2: boobs, like the shiniest yeah. boobs?
0: <laughs> she, I mean, if that's not a mutant power, what is? What is <laughs> right. Um, she obviously had the po- like some kind of like soul sucking power, right? And some yeah, kind it's of like life draining sort of thing. But yeah, is is she a, a witch? Is she a demon? Is she a Vampire. mutant? Is she an human? Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to know more of what her deal is. If she's going to feature this prominently in your book. but i am I d I'm I'm not willing to go out and Google other shit to help me understand this. Like maybe that's laziness on my mm-hmm. part, but part of me feels like if the book is going to include a character, they should include everything that you need to understand why that character's there.
2: In terms of a volume one, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially. Yeah, and,
1: the and and not one.
0: only that, but being a volume one
1: about such a popular character that has become very popular outside of the comic book fan base right. and the fact that you're trying to bring in an outside audience with this celebrity author this Absolutely. goes above and beyond the uh new reader friendliness of a of a new number one this this has higher uh, a higher bar
0: i think this, is, this book is new reader actively hostile
2: yeah (laughs) yeah exactly what was that
0: shit about red skull at the end like
2: (laughs) right i was her husband used to be red
1: skull does he remember being red
2: skull i laugh out loud yeah did did her husband get resurrected and become red skull because it's like well he won't come back as himself and it's like well he's going to come back as red skull i'm so confused
1: like is there a fear that he's, he was Red Skull and that he sort of remembers being Red Skull? And the implication is that he's going to return
0: to being Red Skull once more? My theory is, because I, I think Rasputin's something about him not coming back alone. And so I think that the Red Skull hitchhiked on That's, his soul from hell. That
2: was my take.
1: Okay. Sounds like you two should write for Marvel Comics. It sounds like you guys have got to figure it figured out.
2: I mean, this was a plot point in Charmed, the original series, so. (laughs)
0: Oh God, we're really back, huh? We came full circle. We're we're
2: back. We've came full circle, and honestly, this feels like a good place to, you know, I think it sounds like our basic summary of this book is there was a lot of reading, and we didn't fully understand. Back to image.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I obviously uh, Tanahisi Coates is. is a guy who tends to write a lot on, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say socio-political commentary regarding current events. If you read this book, you're going to find some of that, but if you're showing up for this book exploring those ideas, I think you're going to find they're not um, as well developed as, as you would like them to be. So even, um, yeah... I I think that's maybe a fair way of putting that if if you're here for that stuff I think you're going to be disappointed right um and if you're here because oh I don't you know I don't like politics in my comics and whatever book for you (laughs) then I, I I think even as like a just an action book like the flow because of all of the words and 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 the and the panel placements and whatnot um i think those people are probably if you're just reading it just for that which i mean um whatever um i think those people aren't going to really maybe thoroughly enjoy this book either
2: yeah it's worth noting we normally are roping in our um, goodreads comments from people on our goodreads discussion thread and we didn't get any comments this month for this, so I don't know if that means no one was interested in picking it up, no one had much to say about it or finished it, but that um, that's why we're going solely based off of our our feelings, and my guess, if off I... Off of what
0: these three chuckleheads have to well, say. Well, these
2: three chuckleheads, my guess is a lot of people read the first issue or two and and were lost, but that is com- pure speculation based on my own experience, um, that if I wasn't reading this to discuss it today, I don't know that I would have finished the volume. I probably would have dropped off after issue two or three.
0: Yeah, and so I think uh, I think we're gonna wrap there because we are running out of tape. So yeah, anybody have final final closing thoughts? Any last thing to say? Any last brief thing to say?
2: I like sure. <laughs> I like Captain America. He does have America's ass, and I prefer him. 100% <laughs> prefer him at all times in team books. I think his character is way more interesting when he's interacting with characters that are also powerful and have uh, different viewpoints from him that are all trying to do the right thing but have maybe different opinions of what that is. Circa, like Civil War, I really like him in contrast to like a Stony Stark character or a Captain Marvel. Um, I find that just a much more interesting use of his character than on his own in solo books where. He tends to just be a lot punchier and also a lot more prone to monologuing, which is just not as interesting to me as two characters interacting. So that's where I'm at with this book. It made me want to go back and reread team books that I've read with him because I've read a fair amount of Avengers books. And I went, yeah, I like this character, just not not on his own. How about you guys?
1: Um... For me, like, I, I think I've talked about on the show before how I I think if you're only reading terrible issues, which I guess isn't most people, but if, <laughs> if that's you for some reason, or, or you're someone who only likes to read critical 10 out of 10, perfect masterpieces, new, you know, top 10 graphic novel of all time, I, I think that there's no, I, I don't take great enjoyment in that. Uh, I think it's worthwhile every once in a while to read something that's not absolutely terrible or not absolutely like perfect, but to read something that is promising um, but has flaws that you can sort of... uh, I feel like a book like this is great in that you can examine it, you can see what someone was trying to do with it, there are positive things going on there, but maybe something else is standing in their way. Um, maybe, uh, the art is good, but the, um, the captions for the lettering aren't put in great places. Maybe the political message, um, is, is worthwhile and it's valid and it's worth hearing, but maybe it's repeated too much mm-hmm. or it's not explored beyond a surface level. I think it's worthwhile to be able to have books like this, because being able to critically engage with them, um, they allow themselves to be you know, critically engaged with because there are promising things there, and there are things that are maybe holding the book back. So in that sense, I, I appreciate this book. I appreciate what Coates was doing. I think there's potential for growth, and maybe with Volume 2, uh, some of these messages won't be either too simplistic or too repetitive, but will a little bit more in depth and not as hammered in or hammered down upon. So I, I, I guess I would say that that's that's my take there. I, I think there is promise here. I think there's room for improvement. Um, yeah, but I, I you know I have I have no problem with 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 Coates exploring um, the socio modern sociopolitical landscape within this book. I just wish maybe that it was uh, less heavy. It offered more layers. <laughs> You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I felt the exact same way you did, Nick. I thought that there is a there are good bones here. There is a good story being told, but I don't think that it was successfully translated into the comic book medium. At the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I'd, I'd say that uh, that about wraps it up. Unless you have any supplementary thoughts nope. on that, Brian. Yeah. Why don't you take us out? Okay. So, um, please go ahead and follow us on Twitter. That's ircbpodcast.com. You can follow Brian at Brianhead. You can follow me at Death Star Plans. But check out our Twitter. We post and share comic news,
0: art, sass, and so much more. That is at ircbpodcast. You can also f- subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com ircbpodcast. Without your support, this show just wouldn't survive. So thank you to everybody who's currently backing us. Um, If you join now, you get access to Patreon-only episodes, articles, early access to Top of My Pile posts. You can also get on to our Discord community. Uh, we also have a Goodreads group, a lovely community of comic book friends and weekly threads. Uh, if you want to nominate books or vote on our Book of the Month, that's the place to go to do it.
2: You can also check us out at ircbpodcast.com where you can find our comic book creator pronunciation guide and a whole bunch of merch. Please rate, subscribe, and tell your friends about the show. If you haven't rated us, why not? We have 208 episodes. We should have 208 reviews. This is what Mike has been telling us, and I don't know that he's updated this number. So, Mike, listen. If there's been 209 now, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I can't wait for you to get back. We miss you, Dad. Please email the show with comments, questions, whatever else you want to do at ircb at destroythecybe.org. That's like Cyborg, but with a dot in the middle.
1: Infinity Shred is the best, and they do our music Xander is a wizard, he also edits the show, he also used to live two blocks down the street from me, and we also used to play Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles together all the time, I miss those days, Xander, let's get together and make a new party. Uh, Thank you again for listening, we really, really appreciate it, and until next time, comics are good, and so are you.